1: We're black, we're brown, ambition. Hey, man.
0: Come through baritone. <laughs> okay, the lower register. <laughs> well, we are praying that your internet lets us do this episode. Come on, Optimum. Get I it know. together. I just, I don't know what to do, honestly. I, uh, BA fam, if you, because where I
1: live in Newark, they're literally the only game in town. And for some reason, it's just been going in and out. I literally bought a brand new router, a brand new modem, all the things. I've had tech come out three times. I've tweeted. I don't know what to do, you know, and... um,
0: This is a social justice issue. It is a humanitarian crisis. It is a civil rights issue. We need our internet. Yeah.
1: I just, you know, we need, especially now more than ever, we need our internet. So, I'm honestly, I don't, I'm not sure, like, what to do. I mean, I'm going to call them again and be like, uh, por favor, please, somebody, something. So, we shall see. Um,
0: So, how have you been? Oh, I've been great. I just celebrated my five months of being a freelancer, being an entrepreneur, which is a cool Five months already? I know. I was doing the math and I was like, surely not. Five months of having a human took a lot longer than five (laughs) months of being an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, 5 whole months and I have a I have a meeting with well me and husband I have a session with my dear dear financial planner Helen tomorrow to and it's our first call since the call we had when she was like you should just go independent and I said you make it sound so easy. And then I did it. Um so it's kind of a touch base and you know, I don't know what we're going to talk about in particular but she'll probably want to look at my cash flow and how things are going and I'm yeah. It's it's been it's been a good. I kind of was like into my feels last night about it because I feel like I've done really damn well for five you months have. in business, girl. So first of
1: all, you were number I'm, one trending on CNBC. Okay, yeah, I still got it. Hey, a Yeah, I was like out of the girl. <laughs> it's so crazy. My friend Cabral texted me. He was like, Isn't this your friend Mandy? She's on my phone. <laughs> I was like, Yes, that's
0: my friend. <laughs> no. I feel that like the is... little kid sister who goes to college after their big sister who was like valedictorian. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you're like, that's No, my you're sis, sis. It. Yeah, I'm, it's been really freaking fantastic. And I have, yeah, so I'm excited to talk to Helen. And I've just been kind of, I'm kind of approaching my whole business kind of quarterly and my first quarter was like is this even a thing and it definitely is um so for the last few months of this year i'm actually trying to slow slow down i'm trying to take in less work because it's been like just pouring in and actually focus on investing time into something that hopefully will pay off but i have to really spend the time to do it um and then hopefully i can launch it toward the end of the year so big things popping um but it's been a fun ride what about you
1: Honestly, it's been like, it's been really good over here. I mean, we have been, I've been making the transition from like, you know, I don't know, a personality brand. I mean, we always, I've always had like a business behind the scenes, but we had some real opportunities to like quadruple business if we buckle down and um, do the necessary work. So like, I'm we're totally overhauling the literature Academy. And as a result, if we do, like we always do projections for the year, like, we should be, you know, like potentially just under $20 million next year and then 50 in the next three years if we do what we're supposed to do. But none of that is like Instagrammable. You know what I mean? Like I I had to, the transition for me has been difficult in reminding myself like, although, you know, social media and things can be fun, that I have to be mindful that, you know, I, I, I want to put things in place where, you know, I all this work has been for something, you know what I mean? So mm. just making those transitions, they are like a lot of behind the scene things that have nothing to do with like, you know, external stuff that like we're really putting into place and buckling down to be like a business, business, business. And so it's just exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what's been happening. It's just been a lot of, we've been a lot of growing up in business. Like, so I can literally feel like, oh, this is the next
0: level for us. So,
1: that's so yeah, but I, I know we
0: have, what'd you say? I just wanted to share, there's this quote that we actually shared on our social from Michaela Coles. She was mm-hmm. the woman who just won an Emmy. Um, I think she was the first Black woman or Black person ever to win an Emmy for writing of a series. She wrote the series, This May Destroy You. And one of, my, one of her viral quotes from that acceptance speech was, do not be afraid to disappear from it, from us for a while and see what comes to you in the yes. silence. Yes. And Yes. She really was speaking to, like, get the F off social media and go mm-hmm. do the damn thing. So I'm telling you, when that. I tell
1: you, like, that, that six weeks away that I took and then consequently not coming back to social media, like, full time. I have not been really back. I, I, I took all the apps off my phone. I, I only put them on when I go live. Then I take them off again and I let the team do their posting. It has It has done more for business for me than anything else. And so I encourage people to take a moment. Don't get me wrong. Like our engagement is not as high as it was, but I had to tell my team today, honestly, I don't care because that doesn't pay the bills. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it does it, not not in a concrete way. Like what we're going to be able to do as a result of the choices that we're making now, it is transformative for my team. It is transformative for the women that we serve. It's transformative for myself and my family. It's transformative for our community. It's just like the things that we're doing now because we have the space um, to do it I'm just excited about it's just the next phase of business Like you know, we are officially going to go from small to medium sized business to like a business business. Like, you know, we we have the potential to be nine figures, you know, if we focus, which we are. And so, yeah, don't be afraid to take the step back. Everything is not social media. You know, um, once you learn that you don't need the external applause, you know, Mm -hmm. then you can navigate differently and navigate in a way
0: that's more meaningful. Absolutely. Uh, Well, I'm excited for you. I know all the hard work you're doing in the background. Well, no, I don't because you keep it under wraps. But anyway, (laughs) I I know you're out there working and walking and listening to your audio (laughs) books and getting the damn thing done. (laughs) Well, we have, speaking of books, we have an exciting guest today. Yeah. So you met our guest today, Christine Platt, at a book signing because, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just how a normal Tuesday for you signing (laughs) your best selling book. But no, I'm so excited because Christine Platt is our guest today and she is called The Afro Minimalist. And her new book is literally a blueprint for anyone looking to cut back on the things that we are over consuming, you know, letting pile up in our homes, in our spaces that are just stifling us and stifling our growth. And She's got some really fun gems to share.
1: Yeah. So you guys are going to enjoy Christine.
0: Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, shall we take a little breaky break and we'll come back with our guest today, Christine, and definitely check the show notes and you can find where to follow her, where to get her book, again, The Afro Minimalist, and how to catch up on all of her amazing advice. We told you we were coming
1: back in black with somebody amazing. <laughs> we have with us Christine Platt, AKA the Afro Minimalist. Okay. Oh, you didn't know black people could be minimalist. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, everybody's everybody doesn't want the, you know, the grandma filled house with the plastic uh, furniture and the ch- tchotchkes everywhere. Some people, you know, they thrive with less.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: So I just so you like I met Christine uh, in person anyway for the first time um, at Mahogany Books in is that is
2: is National Harbor Christine is that D.C. or is it's, that Maryland? It's what technically Oxon Hill, Maryland, but you know we claim oh, right. it in D.C. So
1: <laughs> and so we met at this amazing black bookstore called Mahogany Books. They mm-hmm. were having a book op- bookstore opening. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ramonda, yes. amazing husband. I just we just really clicked, and we just got to talking. And I was like, "You need to come on the podcast." And yes, she's here now. So thank <laughs> you now.
2: I'm so happy to be here. Thank you both for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Absolutely, I'm excited to meet you too. And I think even just Tiffany when she came back from that book signing that y'all did together, she was just gushing about you. And then we couldn't stop talking about the connection between your idea of Afro minimalism and minimalism yes. in general, and how it relates to finances. So. I would love to just have you describe or like define what do you mean by Afro minimalism? And and for those of you who haven't ever seen Christine, she's literally like a minimalist with no Afro, just a delightful, <laughs> you have a perfectly shaped head <laughs> for the shaved dome. Um, oh, you look beautiful. You. <laughs> but tell it's us what a- it means.
2: It's a teeny weeny afro, okay? (laughs) It's it's there. Um, Micro fro. Yes, (laughs) micro fro, minimalist fro. Yeah, um, it was was wonderful meeting Tiffany um, in person at Mahogany Books. And I think it's, I just want to shout us both out. We are both number one and number two um, in sales at that store. So I think it speaks volumes to, you know, people's interest um, in finances and, you know, their overconsumption right now. Uh, afro minimalism it's really just my approach to minimalism which is a minimalist lifestyle influenced by the African diaspora um, I am a historian and lawyer by trade and um, you know the history of black folks is really important to me I love the beauty and culture of uh, the African diaspora and so I weave that into my approach to minimalism um, which at the time uh, so this is about five years ago and I first, like, really honed in on this approach. Um, It was very unconventional, right? I think people think of minimalism, number one, it evokes this idea of scarcity and lack, right? Um, But even more than that, it's devoid of color, it's devoid of texture, it's devoid of it's culture, like right?
0: IKEA showroom. That's yeah, you know yeah, I mean? it's like
2: super it Scandinavian. Do and we are like, not in <laughs> most of us are not in, you know, in a country yeah. where, you know, that particular aesthetic, the reason it works for, um, you know, for for Scandinavian folks is because they don't get a lot of sunlight. And so they need a lot of light colors, a lot of white walls to reflect light, right? Um but yeah, and so you know, mainstream minimalism has sort of taken on this aesthetic of you know of just being all white and barren. Um, and I just really wanted to to change the conversation around that. And so, um, and so here I am, the Afro minimalist. I wrote a book to try and encourage uh, folks to live with less, um, and that you know I saw so many benefits. And I would say, like right out the gate. The first benefit that I saw where was in my wallet, right? I was like, "Where's all this money coming from?" Like, oh, I'm not at the mall uh, every weekend, um, and so yeah, it's been very transformative for me, um, and very exciting to just see other people, um, you know, really embracing this and really thinking about, you know, how can they live with less there way if the word minimalism you know if it does evoke some negative feelings or you know ideas of scarcity you don't have to be a minimalist you can live with less you can be a more mindful consumer there are so many other ways to define this lifestyle that that isn't so limiting for a lot of people. So if
1: I was somebody I'm listening and I'm just like, you're right, I probably never thought of myself a person of color, you know, enjoying the minimalist lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. because, I, you know, I want some texture and I want some color and some deep mm-hmm. hues. So if I am like, oh, huh, aside from getting your book, Afro-Minimalist, yeah. okay, available everywhere. books. Um, Aside from getting your book, what's like the first thing where I can start where it doesn't feel so
2: overwhelming? Yes. Okay. So this is, I'm so glad you asked that question because so many people picked up the book and they were like, "Uh, I had my garbage bags ready. I wasn't ready for the gentle dragging that happened. Um, I really encourage people to first learn about the psychology of ownership before they even start to try and declutter, right? So this is where you hear so many people say, I've tried this before and it didn't work. I've tried this before and it didn't work. And that's because they didn't get to the root causes of their overconsumption, right? So much of this is inner work, right? Before you do the outer work. And I know um, even when it comes to finances, that's, that's the same sort of approach for me, right? It's like, why am I so afraid to, you know, make this call or manage my money this way or learn about this, right? Like there's usually some root cause that um, is really the reason what I call like the why behind the buy or the why behind the spend, right? Um, Because if you don't do the inner work, if you don't understand the psychology of ownership, specifically as it relates to you and your um, spending habits, you're just going to declutter and find yourself back at square one. So when I talk about the psychology of ownership, that means, first of all, understanding why you have so much more than you need. And then secondly, understanding why it's so hard to let go, right? Because we all have attachments to things and and getting to the root cause of like, why am I so attached, you know, to this piece? So that's where you can start.
0: You mentioned the diaspora. I mean, are like, have you found in your research or in your book, do you Do you examine how, because I mean, I think anecdotally, I just visited my Aunt Brenda and I don't, the things that she saves, I just don't know. (laughs) I just don't understand. (sighs) I mean, dusty old toys. And she had like an old Barbie doll that was a cowboy from maybe 1997 (laughs) or something like that. Anyway, and it wasn't even a black Barbie doll. That was nothing. Um, But what, is this something that black, uh, households or African American households are just more inclined to hang on to things. Was it? You know, talk you know, about maybe that that's bit.
2: that's a that's a good question. So I think it's twofold, right? So when we talk about people of the diaspora, particularly particularly African Americans, right? So many of us are first time everything, right? First time homeowners, first time six figure income owners, first, you know, first one in our, you know, in our, in our family to have an opportunity to own a business, right? So many of us are first time so many things. And what happens is that we don't have that sort of generational knowledge and awareness that comes when you're not first gen, right? Um, The second thing is like, we just have a completely different relationship with ownership. It's just a fact, right? Um, so many of us, it, it is the first time we're able to acquire a lot of things. And I, I, I find that in particularly Black families, right, it really goes back to our childhood. It really grows goes back to if you grew up with scarcity, right? Or if you grew up, um, you know, not being able to have certain things. And a lot of those promises that we make to ourselves as, as, as make to ourselves as children, we are very committed to as adults, right? Um, one of the examples that I uh, provide in the book is actually my ex husband, um, who is a huge sneakerhead, and he shared how when he was uh, in high school. He, his family would not, you know, like most black families could not afford the the first pair of Jordans. Um, and instead his parents bought him a pair of knockoffs. Um, I did laugh. I'm not going to lie because the silhouette of Michael Jordan, there was another person like blocking Michael Jordan. <laughs> and I just thought about like how horrible the teasing was. Uh, he said it was relentless and he made a promise to himself when he got older that he was going to buy however many pairs of sneakers. Wanted and um, he counted and like the majority let's say there were like 60 pairs, 42 of them were Jordans, right? So, like getting to that root cause, and then I also want people to think about Mandy the idea that it's not just you know, we think shoes, we think purses, we think handbags, but it impacts us in so many different ways. My friend's husband. When he washes the dishes, he likes to use a lot of dish soap. like the bubbles are overflowing out of the sink. Yes. And I would, <laughs> you know, my friend would complain to me and I would be like, but girl, he is washing the dishes. I don't understand why you're complaining about these bubbles. And she would just say like, oh, Christine, is just so annoying. And I just don't understand why he does it. And I said, well, have you, have you ever asked him? And she asked him. And you know what? He grew up in the South, very poor was um, raised by his grandmother. Basically, everything they purchased came from the dollar store, including dish soap. And even then, he could only use one drop. And he told her now that he's older, and they have the resources and means to buy whatever they want. He buys the most expensive dish soap, and he uses as much as he wants. And he Mm, finally gets his bubbles
0: I was gonna guess that it was because you know if you're broke, you you take that one little inch left over of the Dawn mm-hmm. dish soap and you add water, water to it. To so you it? need a bunch I of pumps still do that. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Tell I mean, me when no I- you <laughs> don't, oh my god, that's my biggest pump.
2: He, oh, this my is why me right? and Tiffany, me my,
1: and my Tiffany husband are hates soulmates. it. He hate yo, he hates <laughs> it. He's always like, babe,
2: we have soap. I'm like, well, why waste it? Just a little. I know. You know what is so so funny, Tiffany? I use a solid dish soap um, because, of course, minimalism, you keep finding other ways, right? Like you start with your closet and then it transitions into every area of your life. And even with the solid soap, it comes in a little tin, you know, like there'll be some water in there. And I'm like, oh, let me just, that's extra dish (laughs) soap. Like I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but you know, if I think back to my childhood, um, you know, even if it wasn't dollar store dish soap, the dish soap that we did use, it was like for dishes. It was bubble bath. It was, like, mm-hmm. it, was it was, no, it wasn't bubble bath. You I use
1: hand soap in the, um, my husband, Hey, he said, like, did you put the hand soap in the, um, or the dish soap in the, um, in the, in the, the hand? Like, so if you go on my half bath, if, if I'm like, where's, I will put, I will squeeze the Dawn
0: dish soap in the. Yo, when I tell you Superman, is this hey, why black people we're so ashy? Because we're secretly using Dawn dish soap. I'm like, it's soap. Our, are you what? trying to have
2: clean hands or not? That's why
0: you need the Vaseline. <laughs> I mean, but you, you know what? I,
2: I I love that we're having this conversation because we don't think back to how our childhood and the, and the things that we, you know, we're accustomed to. Like Mandy saying, "Like, no, y'all didn't use this." Diso- Mandy. I'm well, telling like I'm you, it was it, it was,
0: bub- <laughs> okay. it,
2: was bub- it was bubble bath, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, I am also of the generation, and you have to think, just age-wise, we we're not that far apart in age. They still, you know, like if there were four kids, like no one was changing the bathwater.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you yeah. come from, you know, that sort of even if it doesn't feel because it didn't feel like scarcity mm-hmm. when we were younger, mm-hmm. it was just like. Oh, it's a bubble bath, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you grow up and you're like, oh, they make actual bubble baths. Yeah. So I didn't know, right? right? Like, you I know? i kind of
0: a jerk sometimes laughing at my aunt when she like <laughs> saves the wet paper towel after she wipes well, something up cool. and she just like Girl, gently... I didn't have nobody people threw away the, 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 um, the foil pans because
1: we had to wash them out as kids. Like, you know, on Thanksgiving, yeah, like the foil pan, Like, we washed them out and you use them yeah. until they got to be too disfigured. And I'm like, so Jarrell saw me, yeah. my husband saw me washing it. He's like, why are you washing out the foil pants? I'm like, you, these are expensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. one
2: or two more uses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what, Mandy? I love that you brought that up about your aunt because so much of this is also generational. Right. And so I like to tell people, too, to think about not only what you grew up experiencing, but thinking about what your parents experienced. So for my for example, my mom was born after the Great Depression, shortly after the Great Depression. So even though she didn't experience food scarcity um, to the extent that, you know, her her family did who, who were alive during that time, it certainly impacted how they raised her. And so even though I did not grow up with food insecurity, I grew up feeling very, very obligated to clean my plate, right? Even today, even if I know good and well, I'm not going to take those, I'm not going to eat those leftovers when I get home. I still, I can't throw it away. You know what I mean? I'm like, who can eat this? Who can, right? And so like thinking about generationally, right? Folks who were born after the Great Depression or had family members, you know, who raised them shortly after that time, they are, they are real different when it comes to consumption. They are either over-consumers, right, because they grew up hearing stories, you never know what's going to happen, live for today because tomorrow ain't promised, right, or they are extreme hoarders. They are reusing the paper towels. My mom doesn't even drink caffeinated coffee. If she is here, which, by the way, I don't know why decaf is even a thing, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seriously. Um, but if she's here and I have just a little bit of, you know, cafe, and I go to, no, 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 don't throw that down the drain. I'm like, mommy, you don't even... You know, I, don't waste it. Don't waste it, right? So you also have to
0: think generationally. And be more empathetic to them and not yeah. so much. So I can't make fun of my dad for why he has a samurai sword and a popcorn machine that doesn't work in his living room. I can't do that anymore. Is that what I we're saying? I don't I don't think you should make fun. You know, i a part of my identity. The, I don't the know big, how. The big TVs on top <laughs> yeah. of the little TV <laughs> because the little cannot. TV doesn't work anymore. Remember them back in the day? You got the big yes. TV on the little TV. Because the yeah. little <laughs> big TV, it don't yeah. work no more. But we're not
1: ready to throw it out because you never know you might fix it. <laughs>
0: You <laughs> never but that's—it's funny to make fun of our of our elders, but t- let's talk about the modern you yes. know, millennials of today, or mm-hmm. Gen Z, what are you finding? Because I imagine you get stories from so many people. Yeah. And you mentioned your ex's sneaker addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually hoard, I was just making a joke about hoarding hoarding um, things that I saved to my desktop, I just don't want to delete them. And so my desktop <laughs> is cluttered. But like, what are the modern ways you find, you know, our generation is um, you're seeing these trends kind of manifest the sense of scarcity yeah. and how it can potentially harm us?
2: Yeah, you know, it again, it also it goes two ways, right? I've, I see a lot of folks in your generation really not wanting to repeat some of the decisions. And I'm trying trying to be very mindful with language, because I don't like to call things mistakes or wrongdoings, right? These are decisions and choices um, that they experienced, you know, growing up that they do not want to replicate. Um, and so I see them being very intentional. Not to do that. I also see a lot of folks in your generation who are also first gen, right? And so they are buying all the things and they are, um, you know, really trying to, you know, subscribe to conspicuous consumption. I have to have this thing that was in this Instagram ad or I have to have this because it is a status symbol, right? Um, And then what I'm finding, you know, with, with some of their parents and older folks is, you know, this idea. That hey, I didn't, I wasn't even aware of my consumption to that level, and I don't want my, uh, you know, descendants, so your generation, Mandy, to have inherited clutter.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm, no, you know, I'm okay with it. In fact, I'm pretty sure the key to his storage <laughs> unit is in his will for me, and that is my, that is that, what I'm going to be legacy. bequeathed. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> that's <what> know, <laughs> I would even. be, but you know what? I am Uh, the heir to a storage, a storage (laughs) facility in Atlanta.
2: Girl, you fancy. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it for you, Mandy. And and honestly, like I do, (laughs) I do encourage, I do encourage folks in your generation to have these conversations with their elders, right? Because (laughs) right now we can laugh about it. And I even think of some of the things that I have encouraged my mom to just gently let go. It's time to let go. Right. Um, I know that it would be that much harder once she has transitioned, right? And so you have a lot of people, my generation, your generation, who also have an inherited clutter. And that is even more problematic to deal with. I mean, you want us to
0: talk about death and clutter in the same conversation. I know, conversation. And insurance. Listen, <laughs> man. With your parents. Oh, my God. Talk about things. I will get hung up on so fast. <laughs> well, I've got to find is, a- This is why... Oh, no, go ahead, Tiffany.
2: No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, this is why, though, we, we <laughs> thank you. This is why, though, we have to have these conversations because the, the first reaction is exactly what your reaction is, man. It's like, oh, I wanna talk about that. I don't wanna get cursed out. I don't wanna, right? But then the inevitable will happen, right? And we're like, where are these papers? Where is that? Who's gonna take this? What do we do with that? Right. And it's much more difficult to do that um, when you're in such a state of emotional vulnerability, right? And so it's not to say to sit them down at a coffee table and say, Look, I'm not doing this in here to clutter with y'all. So we're about you know what I mean? I'm not saying have that conversation (laughs) in that way, but what I'm saying is making sure that the people in your family are very much aware um, of your position on this, right? And and even if you have siblings, right? Like, hey, you know, dad is probably gonna leave that storage unit. I just need y'all to know, I will not be taking anything out of there. Right? And so we need to, you know, I just want to give you all a heads up on that, that when the time comes, we get Right? There are ways to sort of gently have these conversations, um, or at least start these conversations. Um, and what I have found is most people, you think there's going to be a visceral reaction, and there's not. People are fully aware of their unpreparedness. People are fully aware of their clutter. People are, are fully aware of their poor finances, right? It's really having someone spark that conversation spark that inspiration right and i'm sure you all see that all the time right people are like oh i i I didn't even know what to do about savings until i found y'all right Mm -hmm. the information is out there but it's hearing it from a source that is respected right a loved one but these conversations are inevitably going to happen
1: for someone who's on the edge of like oh i think i want to do this but I want to get more clarity on what are the benefits, right? Especially for the diaspora to to participate in minimalism. Like aside from, oh, okay, there's less stuff in my house, but what truly, yeah. truly are the benefits for us in particular?
2: Yeah, so so first, because um, I, w- I want to make sure that people understand getting through that psychology of ownership piece is like where you start, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have a four-step approach that I think anyone can follow. Um, at their own pace, which is step one, acknowledging that you have more than you need. Step two, which is forgiving yourself. Forgiveness is also not really talked about um, when it comes to this type of work. Part three is the letting go, which is what we see on television. You can call it decluttering, you can call it whatever you want. And then part four is paying it forward right? With those things that no longer serve you. And I think one of the biggest benefits for me um, has been having an opportunity to pay it forward and be smarter with my resources, right? Um, For example, um, as you all know, my daughter is in college, I'm super proud. Um, And, you know, I was first gen, I had a lot of student loan debt, it was completely overwhelming. It is Unbelievable to me that I am able to pay her tuition, her room and board, everything, so that she does not have student loan debt, right? Mm-hmm. That is huge. And yeah. that is the, the result of this of a decision that I made five years ago, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago, five years ago, right? That means what 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 are the benefits gonna look like in 10 years? But even more so, what are the long-term benefits for my daughter, right? Of course, as you said, having less to clean is wonderful, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Having fewer choices to make in the morning about what you're gonna wear because decision fatigue is real, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's beneficial, right? having resources to not only invest um, in building generational wealth and invest in your children, but also to invest in your community. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Um, I have two very dear friends who are writers who do a lot for our community, that do a lot for our babies. Shout out to Mahogany Brown and Jason Reynolds. I know Mahogany Brown. Is is she, is she a poet? She is.
1: Yes. I remember. Yeah, that day, she, yes. I
2: used to go. I was very Afrocentric. <laughs> <laughs> I would be at all the poetry shows and she was one of my favorite poets. Isn't she amazing? She <laughs> is still out here doing amazing things. She is the poet in residence, the first poet in residence for the Lincoln Center. Um, mm-hmm. And I literally have watched both of them just like spread themselves thin doing this work. Um, and there is a wonderful organization here in DC called Huru Space, which offers a weekend of rest um, and reset uh, for, for folks of colors, for folks of color. And what I did was gift them both a stay, right? Mm. This is what they need. And here is an opportunity for me to, you know, invest in this business, invest in my friends. And also, this is like, I, what would I have done with that? I mm-hmm. back five years ago, I would have used that money to purchase a handbag. Mm-hmm. Here's an opportunity for it to help three lives, right? And so I think when we think of benefits, to also think beyond ourselves, right? To to think again, even beyond our family and our loved ones, think about our community, right? Like there are so many. Like myriad benefits, Mm -hmm. y'all. And it is a lifestyle that I really encourage people to consider and and doing it your own way, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, me as a now empty nester, my minimalism is going to look totally different than Mandy's. Mm -hmm. My minimalism is going to look totally different than Tiffany's, right? Mm -hmm. But doing it in a way that is beneficial to you and your
0: household and your long-term goals. Do I get a last question? Can yes, I have yeah. yeah. Question?
2: <laughs> My last
0: question was going to be. <laughs> so for me and for people listening, I think even last week we had a guest on Delianne Barros, who we were talking about, uh, you know, online shopping and how mm. easy they make it for you to make these impulse buying you know, decisions online. Now yeah. you save your credit card, get your face ID. You don't even have to like do anything. Get off yeah. the couch to bank a purchase. Do you have any um, rules of thumb or tips for people on how. If you were trying to get a hold on unnecessary or overspending or over, mm-hmm. you know, consumption, any yeah. any tips on like, here's a rule of thumb or here's a tip where you can, you know, ask yourself this before you purchase something or try doing yeah. this just to kind of come to grips yeah. with the, <laughs> the constant triggers we have.
2: Yeah. So I, I love that you asked that question because I have a lot of mantras. I, I shared one with you earlier, which is what's the why behind the buy. Mm. My other one though, is it's not a deal if you don't need it. And saying that, mm-hmm. like when I go to pick up something, when I go to put something in my cart, right. Because it's usually we're enticed by a sale or the idea that we're getting a bargain. And I have to be like, it's not a deal if you don't need it, Christine. Um, you know, do not I don't care how it auto populates unsave all of the card information there have been so many times especially during the past year and a half because of the pandemic we're all in you know we are some emotional vulnerability here which usually can can trigger some of our spending habits um you know there were times I would go to buy something and because I would have to go to get my wallet I would be like girl you don't want this right like it's really the, whatever systems you have to put in place to pause, because it's usually that pause, right? Um, you have to be very mindful of, you know, online, it is very easy, as you said, right? Unsubscribe, unsubscribe from all of your favorite brands. And, you know, like you You're buy something on ambition. Ah. Yes. No, this is a favorite brand. No, like, you know, you you purchase something online and it automatically saves your email. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, Mm -hmm. you're getting ads all the time, right? Or here's a new sale. And I, you know, there's always going to be a sale. I have never seen so many semi, you know, a semi-annual sale is only supposed to happen (laughs) twice a year. Ah, they don't know the the math. (laughs) Semi. (laughs) Like, y'all just had a semi-annual sale last month. Right. So like this idea that, you know, and again, it goes back to the psychology of ownership, we feel like we're going to miss out, we feel like someone else is going to get the deal. And when we when we touch something, when we hold something, all of those things start to trigger partial ownership. And we become very committed to wanting to have full ownership. So don't go around touching stuff, Mandy, that's first thing. Right. And when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to, you know, your online spending, just try and put some systems in place that make it harder that make you pause before you make yeah. that purchase and ask yourself, what's the why? Why am I really buying this?
0: What's super it's sad not a deal is during if the pandemic? I, don't need it. I lost my credit cards and my wallet during the pandemic. I didn't even need it. See I didn't even need it because everything was saved. It was terrible. Okay, I lied though. I have one final, final question. <laughs> How do you stop people from giving your kids stuff? Because mm. the problem oh. like I literally have relatives mm. who listen to the show and I'm talking to you. They know who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> if you have friends who have kids, they're just so happy to give you stuff. Yeah. But it ends up being you become their donation bin. And then now mm-hmm. I gotta figure out what's doing with this stuff that I don't yeah. need or do I want. You know what I mean? Ooh, and then it's so. the gifts. Yes, go. Mandy,
2: no is your superpower right? Okay. You Dang have it. to just say no. And I, I, you know, I tell people all the time, cause they're like, my kid has so much stuff. And I'm like, do they have a job that I don't know about? <laughs> right? Like, this is coming through you, either you're buying it, <laughs> or you're allowing it into their lives. And they're completely overwhelmed with all of these things, right? Um, you know, once you are firm on that, you have to be real firm might take two or three times, people will respect it, your loved ones will respect it. But if you're like, No, oh, And then you still end up taking stuff. No one believes you, right? So also Mm -hmm. when it comes to gifts, I think it's really important to think about different ways that we can celebrate those milestones like birthdays and holidays, right? The only birthday party that my daughter remembers and that she says is her best birthday party ever in life was her eighth birthday party mm. and I was just starting to think about you know minimalism we just had so much stuff I couldn't bear the idea of bringing another tiny little thing in this house and I remember saying you know what instead of gifts I'm just gonna have kids bring a canned good and we'll just donate it to the food pantry I had this big elaborate um, moon bounce and carnival set up in the backyard and one canned good was supposed to be their price of admission. Mandy, do you know the night before and the morning of? I just started getting all of these text messages from parents, and they're like, What is this again? I thought we were just supposed to bring one cane. <laughs> <laughs> My kid is in here raiding the pantry, <laughs> <tree. laughs> they're, they're, they're making us go to the grocery store, <laughs> and that's what the kids would do. I this and they are just naturally, naturally giving, right? And we had mm. tons of tons of donations. Um, so thinking about different ways, and then lastly encouraging your kids to let go and pay it forward. Now, the one caveat that I always say, do not look in that bag, okay? Give them a bag. It's all in the approach. If you go in there with the bag and you're like, it's too much stuff in here, get rid of some of it now, it evokes a different reaction. If you go in there and say, wow, you know what? You are really blessed. You have a lot of wonderful things. There are so many kids in our community that don't can you, if I give you this bag, can you go around and just, you know, donate some things that you think that they might love? Your your feelings will be so hurt when you realize all the things that your children really don't want or need, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And how willing that they would be to give that to another child if they knew that it would make them happy.
1: What my my stepdaughter sold her um she sold her American Girl's doll for like five dollars at a at a at a um we had oh. like a like a garage sale. Her
2: father, <laughs> you know, I mean, because you know, those are like two, three hundred dollars. Oh, we dolls. did we did so, that American Girl doll life. I know, how yeah, that, that doll lived that doll lived a good life. They're so
1: expensive, and then. <laughs> To see that she was so excited to do it, we're like, "Oh, we're gonna have a garage sale!" You know, Alyssa, just go in your things and pull out mm-hmm. what you don't want. She just pull. Out. He looked. He was like, so "She just <laughs> also also waving like, bye." I said, yeah. He said, "Is that the doll, baby? I bought you last year." <laughs> Five dollars. So I know the pair who bought it was like, "Cha <laughs> So, but it's yeah. sold that,
0: it on eBay for two hundred. Girl, <laughs> so, so it's just
1: to your point, Christine. It's you. <gasps> You know, the stuff that you, we give our kids, sometimes, you know, we, we have more of emotional attachment to, to giving them things than they actually have in receiving those
2: things. So yeah, to be mindful yeah. of it's, that, you know. A lot of that is our unful- our own unfulfilled childhood wants, yes. right? Like. My daughter had American girl. that um, girl, oh, that doll lived a good life. It had a bed, it had clothes. She played the violin. It had a violin, right? Like it was out of, it was out of control. And I remember, you know, decluttering and going through all these things. And I was like, this is, this is the life that I wanted my dolls Mm -hmm. to have. Right. So some of that stuff is us fulfilling our own unfulfilled childhood wants.
0: Yeah, I got to get better at saying no. And maybe don't do it the morning of Christmas when you're stressed out and, no, and another it, and package it, has been delivered <laughs> and it's a remote control driving car and you tell yeah. your father never no more toys and he hangs up on yeah. you and says you're ungrateful.
2: No, Mandy, you need to get get that email that no out that email out ahead of I have the. Have to holidays. say no in
0: different languages now. There's all these grandparents. <laughs> well, no, it's like, still in Spanish. It's still no. It's still know, no. But you got to add a lot of words to it when it's a Dominican <laughs> mother-in-law. Okay, but, but
2: but you know what, Mandy, you can also like. redirect them, right? So you know what, he really does not need another remote control car. Instead, what we're doing this year for Christmas is fill in the blank. Or what I would also tell people who would just be what I felt was like not respecting boundaries after certain times you say no, you're like, I really don't want it, right? I would say just so you know, I mean, I told you we're trying to live with less. We're not taking in all of these toys. Are you comfortable with me donating this to an organization in need, right? So it's like that redirect too, right? So
0: you got some options, Mandy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to brush up on my intermediary Spanish (laughs) to uh, get to that (laughs) level of conversation. But this has (laughs) been such a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Christine.
2: Thank you both for having me. Can you let folks
1: know like, you know, what your book is, where they can get it and where they can continue to
2: connect to you? Yes, yes. So this is my book. The Afro Minimalist Guide to Living with Less. Sorry, I probably was eating something right there. Um, but that's the book. And you can find me online. I'm very active on Instagram. I have a, you know, a wonderful community discussions there. And I am at Afro Minimalist. And you can also find me on the web under the same
0: name. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming you. on. I love this conversation. Yes, yes I, I've, I've, you gave me a lot to think about personally. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you for joining us. All right. Y'all got to go check out Christine Afro Minimalist and check our show notes for all her links. Yes. Thanks.